0: From KLCC Media, this is the Oregon Grapevine. I'm Barbara Dellenbach. The Oregon Grapevine highlights fresh-pressed conversations with people who are actively and passionately creating the present and future in which they wish to live. Jen Simonic is a co-founder of Loose Ends, an organization that helps connect unfinished fiber arts crafts with people to finish them. Thank you for being here, Jen, on Oregon Grapevine. I'm I'm happy for your time and to learn more about what you do.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: How did Loose Ends begin?
1: You're a knitter, um, and I'm a knitter, and I have a really good friend, Macy, who is a knitter. And the two of us get approached by people all the time to when... Somebody in their family passes away because they know that we knit and will appreciate whatever that person was doing. So there's usually a bag or a box or, God forbid, a room that's left behind of knitting stuff uh, that people are usually – they nobody wants to throw these things away because they were special to mom or grandma or dad. So they usually ask us, like, oh, do you want this? And I, I have enough yarn to last a lifetime, so I really don't want any more yarn. Um, but in going through these piles of yarn and finding good places for them to go, schools, senior centers, there's lots of places that want your yarn. I usually find a project or two. Um, projects that are on needles usually are being made for somebody. Crafters tend to make these things for other people. And I'm sure there's people out there that, that just do it for the fun. I'm in the therapy of it, but a lot of us, when we put something on our needles, we have somebody in mind for it. Um, So I've been asked a bunch of times to to finish these projects, or, you know, I pick them up and say, hey, do you know who this was for? I can finish it. Um, Macy's done it a bunch of times. I've done it. We were in that same situation last August where our friend, Patty, uh, who is in Oregon, she's a a Portland, Oregon resident. Her mother passed away, and while her mother was getting treated for cancer, she was working on some blankets, uh, crocheting some blankets for Patty's two brothers. Patty already had a blanket from her mom, and her two brothers um, had the beginnings of a blanket, but not a whole blanket. So as we were going through Patty's stuff and sorting it and finding the needles that matched and getting, getting things um, just sorted out, we found these two projects. And Macy said, you know, I've been thinking that there should be a way to match people with these projects because people would do these projects. We do them all the time. Um, and I thought of this great name, said Macy, and she said, "It's the Loose Ends Project. And I said, that's that's a phenomenal name. And if it gets me out of crocheting a blanket, I'm in. So um, <laughs> she made a website. She's a talented graphic designer. Made a website set it up. We made a form that someone could submit a project. We made a form that somebody could be a finisher. And then um, we drove around Portland, Maine, and I stopped at uh, funeral parlors, nursing homes, senior centers, yarn stores, and handed out flyers and said, hey, we're doing this. If you're interested, if somebody comes to you with a project, if somebody... I think we just started, started with only people who had passed away, and then we realized that there were people who lost the ability to craft, and we added that into our into our mix. But I went around uh, Seattle, Washington, did the same. Um, I took the, um, the hardship of having to go to every yarn store I could think of and hand out flyers. And within a month, we had about 60 people who were like, yep, sign me up, I want to do this. Um, the projects are harder to find because people don't always know what they have when, when mom passes away so that's where we started that's how it all started we we made a website and we just went for it and said okay let's let's just do this um, and then my hairdresser because uh, you know these these things happen you talk at the hairdresser about what you're doing um my hairdresser's daughter works uh, at a, at um a, at a television station in in town and she did a piece on us um and then it kind of just took off um so what started in August with 60 finishers in two states became 9,000 finishers across the globe in 42 countries. Uh, we have people in every state of the Union, including Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. We have people in every uh, province of Canada, including two of the territories. There's one territory we don't have. It's really taken off, and uh, we're up to about 600 projects right now that are either in process of being finished or have been finished.
0: When you do find a—you obviously have a lot of finishers, not as many projects. When you do find the projects, and we can talk a little about how those come about, What, how does it get matched up to a finisher? Is it geographic? Is it, is it craft? Uh, a bit, you know, is it knitting versus quilting? What, How do you do that?
1: So what we do is— when a finisher comes in, we ask you know where are you located give us your give us your home address so that we know where you are um, Tell us what kind of craft do you have like that you like to do Do you quilt? do you knit a lot of people do multiple things, but there's then we ask, what kind of projects do you want to do and people will say, you know just like the conversation we had earlier, hey, I only knit flat things or I only knit things that don't fit, and we get a lot of those. Um, So we have people who say, oh, I want to do something really – I love sweaters or I love making doilies. And then we ask people to rank themselves according to what they think their skill set is. And it's a self-ranking. But then they can also share their rivalry. Some people share how long they've been knitting in their bios. We get a little bit of a snippet of who they are. Some people write long tomes about, you know, why they're interested in doing this, who taught them how to knit, why – and it's not just knitting. It's crocheting and quilting. Um, and some people just, we have one woman who is like, I'm a Steelers fan. I was like, great. Um, and that has come in, that, that came in, and I was—I had this nerve because I, I uh, went to, co- to college in Pittsburgh. So I was like, yay, go Steelers. So once we get that information about the finisher, when we get a project and we look at it and we're like, okay, this project is in Bend, Oregon. Great. Uh, who do we have in Bend, Oregon? That can make a quilt top and piece it all together. And we'll go through our our list um, and find who who is a quilter in Bend, or who who's a quilter in Oregon, first of all. And then we will go through and say, okay, um, we've got twenty people, and then we'll look at their skills. And maybe it's a a paper piecing quilt, and we'll look at you know, is there is this something that somebody loves doing? Um, We also have a space on the finisher form that says, what do you not like to do? Because I'd hate for somebody to do something that they don't want to do. And people will tell us, you know, I'm not a big fan of color work or I hate paper piecing quilts. So that's not the person we want to pick. And then once we narrow down to a pool of people who can do it in that state, then we go and we find out who's the closest person. Um, Because Postage is expensive and po- and mailing these big projects like mailing a quilt can be uh, very expensive some of these things can be popped in a little envelope and and there and off they go but we're trying to get people uh, connected as well a lot of our finishers meet people in their neighborhoods that they hadn't met before we've had we have people meet up at coffee shops or at um, fabric stores or or yarn stores and they'll you know and they'll now make a friend in the neighborhood that's done something priceless for them. So that was my long right. how we do it. It's a very manual process right now. We are building a web app that's going to be able to geolocate people a little bit better with some better, um, identifiers about how, you know, their, their types of crafts and things like that. But right now it's a spreadsheet and, uh, and sorting and filters and, and trying to get people, uh, close by is get connected.
0: What makes a oh. hand knit or created item so oh. special?
1: Oh gosh. Um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of really poetic reasons. You know, there's, there's the saying that it takes 30,000 stitches to make a pair of socks. That's 30,000 intentional actions that someone puts into, into the universe to to, uh, while they're thinking about the person that they're making it for. That's that's um, that's just such a lovely thought. And when you get that item and you put it on, that person was thinking about you. Uh, being a knitter and being the knitter in my friend group, I don't get a lot of items. The only items I've gotten uh, that have been knit are from my friend Macy, who's also a knitter. So I have a beautiful scarf that she made me. Um, I, I have a beautiful hat that she not only made, but she dyed the wool and spun it to – uh, for me. And when I wear those things, I just feel like, you know, someone cared about me enough to make this for me. Uh, it's a really special feeling. So if we can make that feeling for people whose who's person, like I'm the person who does that for a lot of people in my circle of friends. If I can help the that person in another circle have, get their their intentions finished after they that's
0: passed, that's a gift that we can give out to the world. Do you have uncompleted items hanging out in your house? Oh God, yeah.
1: Let's not talk about that. That's embarrassing. I've got, I've got i I am I probably have ten things on my needles right now. The one thing that this project has taught me is if there's something on my needles that's hateful that I just don't like to do, I, I have I've been leaving notes for Macy. Like, please don't finish this. This is no fun, and I don't know why I started this. I do get text messages from Macy before she goes on big trips now. Okay, the blue sweater is for Phil, but he's sitting with me, so he might not make it, and that sweater might be gone, because I think I'm going to do it in the car. But there's some nice uh, wool in the closet for satchel. Uh, There's a sweater that's being made out of cashmere. That's for Owen. So I get this whole list before she goes on a trip, and I'm like, okay, don't die because I have to finish about four sweaters myself. But you know, if you do, it's taken care of. We got it.
0: Let's go back to that hateful project on your needles. On your needles, why don't you just rip it out?
1: <laughs> well, because sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta try something, right? <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't want to pattern shame the, the poor cra- creator who made the pattern. It might be something that somebody loves to do. I, I, uh, I did this this thing that I that was just a bunch of cast on and cast off. And I just got to a point where I didn't want to count anymore and I didn't want to do it and I was just so angry with it. Um, and it, the model made it look beautiful and I thought, oh, I look like I have this long swan neck when I wear it and I just look like I'm being strangled by a skein of yarn. So that was the most hateful thing I did. And um, I will never make another one of those. There's other things that, that... And also it's like, what do you like to do? I like to just knit. Mindlessly, there's other people who love doing cables and have like really intricate patterns, and that you got. I got to be in the right mind frame for that, um, or I, or I just can't.
0: Can you share? You shared one story already about your friend whose mom had a project the the unfinished blankets. Do you have a couple other stories like that that really come to mind that you think about as you do as you do these endless uh, matching and and data entry things that really. <laughs> inspire you yeah i mean
1: there's there's just so many um we recently uh, they they go from the really 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 sad where you where you just want to cry um over mother's day we had a project that was finished for a woman whose mother had passed away and she was so um she was just so touched that the finisher was able to finish it by mother's day and just so thankful that that she was going to have it to give to um, her son, who is who is serving in the Navy right now. Um, that's one of just so many. We also had, you know, Mother's Day is a really tough day for people who've lost their mothers, but we also have people who've lost their children, and the children were making things for them. Some of those projects, uh, when they got completed, are just uh, they're just really special tokens of of that child that that passed too early then there's the funny ones, you know. Uh, we, I, This is an actual quote from I'm, – I'm changing the names, but this is an actual quote from one of our people uh, who's project owners. She said, everyone in my family got an ugly blanket from Grandma. And my son, Bob, <laughs> she started one for him but didn't get to finish. And Bob needs his ugly blanket. And I just thought that was so lovely because apparently it was like an open joke. Like, Grandma, these are really ugly. Um, but she made them anyway because, you know, sometimes you, you, a maker's got to make. You know, she's going to make what she wants to make. And uh, we got Bob's ugly blanket, so I feel pretty good about
0: that. Did the Steelers knitter get to knit something for the Steelers? Not
1: yet, but I do have a Dallas Cowboy crochet blanket that, that you know, I really want to match with the Steelers person because that's the ultimate testimony to what this project does, bringing people from very different backgrounds who might otherwise hate each other together. I just don't know if the Steelers person would do it, because I have talked to some of my friends in Pittsburgh, and they're like, no, we might set that one on fire. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. We'll find a nice Dallas Cowboys fan to do that. But um,
0: Yeah, a a whole project of of, of, uh, coalition building. It's it's got a whole different angle.
1: Exactly. We have – it's just – We have people from all walks of life, and the thing, and the one thing that we don't we don't care who brought you. There's just there, if if you are inspired to come and help somebody, we'll take you. Come come and help people. Um, You know, people are helping people because the common thread is that nobody gets out of this life alive, and nobody gets out of here without experiencing some loss that's the common thread that we all have as human beings. It doesn't matter if you're in Florida or Oregon or Texas or, or Washington state or Maine. Like we all have people that we've lost and that we love and the people who come and help us uh, understand that. Um, And when we first matched our first couple of of people, I was a little worried about how they were going to interact with, with these people um, who are experiencing loss. Now, I'm not a grief counselor. Macy's um, not a grief counselor. We haven't. I haven't lost a child. I haven't lost a parent yet, thank God. But I've lost my grandparents, and I've always been a little nervous about how the finishers were going to treat our project owners. And I have to say, I I have been not pleasantly surprised, but just overwhelmed by. How wonderful these people are to our project owners,
0: and how sensitive they are, and how mindful they are that these people are experiencing grief. How do people find you? How do they? How do they hook up with? It sounds like what you really need are people who are finding those projects in their closets, and so you encourage them, I'm presuming, to contact you. And how do they do that? And how do finishers sign up?
1: So finishers find us in a, in a lot of ways. Um, the word is out in the knitting, the crafting community about us. We've, we've, because we've talked to yarn store owners, we, we by no means have talked to everybody, but we've, the the word, the word on the street has gotten out. The crafters know that we exist and they're excited to be part of it. The problem is that when grandma passes away or mom passes away, or, you know, we have dad who was a, who was a crocheter or a cross stitcher, um, when they pass away, people don't always know what they did, and they do find these bags. So the way that, that people are finding us uh, tends to be by media. The Washington Post ran a lovely story on us that got picked up by a lot of people, and that's where a lot of people found us. And then they came to our website, which is, uh, the, which is looseendsproject.org. And there they can submit their projects, and we have some guidelines about what we need, um, the kinds of pictures we need, the kinds of yarn that we need, the, you know, the information that we need to make this project happen. That's the tricky part is getting people to know what's going on. I had a, a lovely woman she just found you, and I found this stuff in my closet, and my, it turns out my grandmother was a knitter. And I look at the picture, and it is a crocheted project. That um, was not even was not a very um, finished. It, it was a a chain of forty forty chains of uh, forty crochet stitches, and um, and then she found another project that was like a bag that the woman had been making. So we we figured out something interesting. What we're going to do is the finisher is is um, going to take that bag and block it, and then take the beginning of the crochet chain and make it into a letter um, that was the first name of the grandparent, which, and then the woman's gonna, going to go and put it in a frame. So that's kind of what we find. We find a lot of people who will send us pictures of just pieces of fabric, and we have to usually go back and say, okay, now, uh, was there any written material with the fabric? Is there anything that was put together? Um, it's, it's sort of like a big mystery each time we get something. Because a lot of people, if you don't craft, it might not be something you recognize. And you might just, where somebody sees a a box of scrap material and a quilter would see, oh, no, that's the beginnings of a quilt top. Um, Where somebody sees a tangle of yarn, uh, a knitter or a crocheter might go, oh, wait, no, that was the beginnings of a
0: a scarf. For someone like me, with my three projects I'm in the middle of, it sounds like I need to write a little note on them that should I be hit by the bus tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. They need to contact yes. you to have someone finish my blanket.
1: Yes. In fact that's that's something that we were trying to think of is like, how do we get people to just know that we exist with if, if some if God forbid something happens? That's what we're trying to get our finishers to understand is like, do you have a plan for your stuff? Do you have a plan for for your projects in case something happens? We had one project, uh, this woman went blind and she couldn't see anymore. She couldn't craft anymore. So she gave away all of her craft supplies, and it was sad for her. It was not a, an easy thing for her to do. And her friend, who she had given the last thing she had started working on um, and said, just rip it out and use the yarn. It's a nice yarn. The friend had found out that we existed, and the project was beyond her ability. So she gave it to us, and we found a, a finisher for her. And um, she was able to wear the sweater that she had done. And the, the really lovely thing is when she got it back, she said, see, I, I was really good at this. And it it, it was, I'm so happy to have it because people can see how good I was at this, which is just such a lovely thing to be able to help somebody, do. I get teary every time I talk about these things. I'm kind of a mess all the time now.
0: That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much to you and your friend, and just the work you're doing. And I hope this helps get the word out that this project exists. And I encourage those people who are halfway through projects to write a little note to say, "Yeah, uh, here's what you do if I don't make it to the end."
1: That would be wonderful. My my friend Macy Kaplan in Maine. Uh, like, if she didn't, if she didn't suggest this, this wouldn't have been possible. So I. I really, I'm so thankful every day that that we that we're working on this. It's what a nice thing to be able to wake up and look at your emails and see that you've matched somebody and, and somebody's uh, final project's going to be finished. It's really just uh, it's such a gift to us. I mean, I know that we're helping other people, but man, this is our finishers get a lot out of this um, because they feel the, the all the feels. But anyway, thank you so much for talking to me, Barbara. I really appreciate the time you took to. To
0: let us tell a story. Thank you Jen Simonic, for being on The Oregon Grapevine. Thank you. You've been listening to KLCC Media's The Oregon Grapevine, fresh pressed conversations with people who are actively and passionately creating the present and future in which they wish to live. <laughs>